0: This is the Doctor Who Podcast, and you are most welcome.
1: Good evening and welcome to the Doctor Who Podcast. Tonight we're going to be reviewing an adventure in space and time, an exciting tale of time travellers in the fourth
0: dimension. Hello everybody and welcome to the second edition of the Doctor Who podcast this week. And this is the other side really of of the camper van. Yesterday you heard Stephen, Tom and I, well I'm still here because I have no life and I don't leave the camper van, but I have three new companions, Ian, Tony and Laura. Hello everybody. Hello. Hello. And from that wonderful introduction, you can tell that we're going to be going back in time, we're going to be looking, well... We're going to be looking at a documentary about Doctor Who. So we've got actors playing other actors who are playing our favourite... Yeah, it's going to get confusing, isn't it? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, Yes, that's because I'm trying to explain it probably, but there we go. But uh, the the reason all four of us are recording this is because we saw it together at the British Film Institute just over a week ago as you're listening to this now. So we've had a long time to sit there and uh, decide what we think about it, but we've only seen it once. So we'll probably miss some of the small nuances, uh, unless of course we all have photographic memories, which I most certainly do not. No, me neither.
2: What's your name again? <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, who wants to get us going? Who wants to say what they thought of an adventure in space and time? Spoilers! Spoilers!
1: Spoilers! I, this
3: was what I was looking forward to most, actually, more than the the fiftieth actual episode. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know why, I just, it just really appealed to me. And yeah, it was brilliant. I really, really enjoyed it. I laughed, I cried, <laughs> <laughs> and I loved it.
0: <laughs> why, why was this the thing that you were looking forward to the most? I
3: guess because Day of the Doctor could be disappointing. <laughs> 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 it could be all hyped up and disappointing. Mark Gatiss is good writer I think and also I can't not being a proper fan you know I'm quite find it I find it quite interesting the whole kind of culture around Doctor Who as much as the actual show itself so I find it quite interesting to see the history of it and that kind of thing so I think that's what appealed to me.
0: Well I, I think it's quite interesting actually you, you say that you're not as uh well, perhaps you're not as rabid or as manic a fan as uh, the other three of us here, but um, do you think that mattered? You know, it, it had so much for diehard fans that presumably people who aren't as crazy about the show wouldn't have picked up.
3: I don't think that's a problem because I think if you're not going to get it, it, it just goes over your head anyway. I think the story as a film in itself was enough. Everybody has the context of what Doctor Who has become, even if they don't know, the original story. And I think probably people just find out something about the origins of it. I
2: don't think that you actually needed to know very much at all about Doctor Who in advance of watching this. It was... I mean, Mark Gattis said after we saw it that it was pitched as a human character drama first rather than being fan service, and I would completely agree with that, that actually the heart and soul of this programme was watching... The journey that Verity Lambert went on, and the journey that William Hartnell went on, and the personal challenges and uh, joys that they went through, rather than it being a very nerdy look at sort of the the facts and figures and the sort of the 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 canon stuff that uh, us fans get excited (laughs) about. Which isn't to say that there aren't those things in there. There There's some lovely little touches that, as a fan, will just put
1: a great big grin on your face. Do Do you think there was enough in there to help people engage with?
0: let's say, the character of William Hartnell in this piece rather than um, you know, the character of, of the Doctor. Well, that's that's interesting, isn't it? Because I think as Doctor Who fans, we were automatically engaged. So I was instantaneously plugged in, yeah. But I, I don't think William Hartnell, or the way even David Bradley played him, was was meant to be that engaging, at least for the first half of this. I mean, they introduced a guy as... A, I mean, that's the word they always use to describe William Hartnell, isn't it? Old man, and he was grumpy. He was grumpy for various reasons. And it seems that although he clearly warmed to the show and uh, warmed to the success the show had, and his grumpiness increased at the same time his health deteriorated. So I'm not so sure. It's not until the last half an hour or so that you begin to empathise with Hartnell, as, as portrayed by Bradley, I think. I'll be honest with you, William Hartnell is probably the, the doctor I've watched the least
2: and it's probably the era that I have the the least affinity with. I find some of those early episodes quite hard going. For no particular reason in my mind I kind of associated William Hartnell with having the character of the Doctor, which is madness. You know, He's an actor, of course he's going to be different from his character. Mm. Um, And by the end of this I actually found myself with a new appreciation of the man behind the character, and actually wanting to learn more, and I I want to seek out that recent interview footage that was found and see a bit more about the the, the man himself, who, you know, it's not a surprise but you know it it sometimes blindsides you a bit that he is different from the character he played and funnily enough i think that the character himself within the show went on a similar journey that he started off as you say quite irascible and in fact not far away from the sort of the classic characterization of the doctor but then he went on a journey and softened up as he went along as well and until the end when he was actually a very sympathetic character
1: i absolutely loved it I thought it was fantastic. The production values were sky high. Uh, it was a, it was quite a, a clean, polished version of the 1960s, but it was fantastically 1960s. You could smell the Baker light coming off the cameras as they were as they were uh, working and recording in the studio. They did a fantastic job of the sets. They did a fantastic job of of recreating the atmosphere. The costumes were were brilliant. Um, There are photo calls throughout the piece where new companions are are introduced. Um, And people like Maureen O'Brien, her costume that she was wearing in that photo call was what she was wearing in the original photo call uh, back in the 1960s, or a recreation thereof. The attention to detail was superb. Um, You're absolutely right, it is a human story. It is about Verity and it is about William Hartnell. Um, But the way it was produced, the way it was written was absolutely top notch yeah. <laughs> and uh, you only had to look around the BFI and listen for people who were sort of sniffing and, and coughing and trying to pretend that they were not you know, really becoming uh, overwhelmed with emotion during the, uh, the screening um, to tell that it was having a big effect, not just mm. on me, but 500 you know, odd people who were there.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, it's a fairly atypical audience, I think, at the BFI because every single person was hanging on every word of dialogue and was looking at every single prop within the drama and in, in, in checking to make certain that it was accurate. So I, I think, to yeah. be honest with you, um, I, I, I agree. I mean, the set design was absolutely fantastic, and I, I think they got the detail absolutely right. I, I wonder whether they romanticised the, the facts a little bit. Uh, I mean, you both, you, mm. know, you and Ian, have mentioned it's a human drama, and I think that's fundamentally true. And um, Any story these days has to have interesting characters in it, or people you can at least empathise with. The most prominent characters, Verity Lambert, Warris Hussein, to a degree, Carol Ann Ford, but not so much... Just, just was stunning. You know, it, it was a fantastic way of of depicting this story. I mean, we we all know to a degree what happened and how Doctor Who came about, but no one's ever seen it just unfold inside of ninety minutes. And uh, yeah, I I would agree. I I think from the TARDIS set to the costumes to the way that the actors chose to portray the um the other actors i i just think it was it was done with sensitivity and care and it was very clear after the event at the panel that mark gatiss was um oh, you know this must have been his absolute dream project and uh, must've yeah, been I- terrifying <laughs> I, I think so, I think so, but this is something that's been in his mind for a very long time and he pitched it, or he pitched a concept 10 years ago for the 40th anniversary and was was knocked back. So this is something he said that he started writing a script for a very long time ago and uh, I think he's, he's done fandom proud.
1: I thought David Bradley was excellent casting, facial expressions, vocal expressions and things were, were spot on and I don't want to say anything negative about the performance except he was a bit tall, but you can't you can't really do anything about that. Well, you could
0: stoop a little bit, yeah, or make everybody <laughs> else stand on a box. Agreed, which which he didn't do. But no, I I, I didn't notice that. I no, I think I he I think he looked a little bit older than Hartnell at times. Well, he is he is significantly older than Hartnell was when he took on the role. Uh, absolutely, Hartnell was only fifty five, uh, and Bradley's significantly older than that. I think. But yeah, I the portrayals and the performances for me, I didn't have any problem with at all they all looked remarkably similar i i think there was probably the most difference between william russell and and the actor who played that in in space and time i i thought they didn't really look very similar and uh, i thought it was kind of ironic that um william russell was actually in this anyway and had had a good few lines as a uh what was it a car park attendant so um
3: Ah.
1: That was William Russell. (laughs) That was William Russell. I completely
0: missed. I knew he was in it, and I was looking out for him, but I completely
1: missed that that was him. Oh, if you'd have looked around the
0: beer fight that moment, absolutely everybody had had a grin from ear to ear,
1: except Tony.
0: Well, apart from Tony, because yes, you uh, you didn't realise, but uh, it it was a funny scene anyway, (laughs) and I'm really glad they gave him a little bit of meat to get his teeth into. You know, I I thought it was really good.
3: I think they did a good job of making people visually recognizable in general. So like the minute you saw the actress who was playing uh, Jacqueline Hill, you recognized the hairstyle Do you <laughs> and know that what? was her.
0: <laughs> you you're right. Jacqueline mm-hmm. Hill, Verity Lambert. have all got Matt Smith haircuts. (laughs) (laughs) And if you get the silhouettes of those three characters, you wouldn't be able to tell them apart, really, I don't think. (laughs) Um, One of the things I did want to ask you all about was was the (laughs) portrayal of Verity Lambert because I don't really know a great deal about her. I mean, I've seen a couple of her productions that she went on to produce. GBH, for instance, is one of my favourite ever things on television. And indeed, there's a whole scene set at a Doctor Who convention in that. But... You know About the actual person herself, aside from what she achieved and how unlikely it was that she could achieve anything, given her circumstances back in the 60s, I kind of thought she was going to be naturally abrasive. And that's not how Jessica Raine chose to portray her. And I don't know whether that was a decision or whether it was an informed decision, because she'd done some research and so on, but she had to really find... The fire, you know? She had Mm. to learn her trade very, very quickly, learn how to handle lovey actors and people who were terribly insecure, really. And she she seemed to be mentored a lot by sydney Newman and that that was new to me the, the The relationship between sydney newman and and Verity Lambert fascinated me because, as I said, I knew very little about her.
3: I don't know very much about her either. I was quickly reading Wikipedia just now, and it I mean nothing jarred against what was in the film, but it's hard to tell whether it was real to her or just realistic in general because I mean she was only twenty eight mm. and that's quite a big responsibility in my mind anyway to be in charge of something like that um especially when you've got everybody all the sort of institution against you
0: well and they portrayed that just as Mm. convincingly i mean you you believe the bbc was basically a gentleman's club where everybody was drunk in the afternoon and (laughs) uh every single bar or um well, even the studios were absolutely clouded in cigarette smoke, you know. Mm. They probably didn't need to invent a dry ice machine until no smoking (laughs) regulations came in. Uh, But I, I found that really interesting. And not only that, it was the way that she was paired up with Waris Hussain. Again, I knew the story. But to watch the relationship develop... On screen and and particularly in in the bar where of course we have the the cameo from toby hadoke you know or yeah <laughs> who, who who wouldn't serve the um uh, the indian customer uh, yes. i i i just i just kind of thought you know this is done with such care it's good to watch it's it's not done in an awkward way it doesn't shy away from any of the issues that uh, would have been prevalent in the 1960s and it just it's just an honest piece of filmmaking at least that's how it comes across to me i thought that scene in the bar was rather strange actually because there was the
1: sort of the, the racial overtone of the of uh, warris not being served and then verity comes up and orders a drink for them both um there were a few sort of glances between warris and verity and, and a man on the other side of the bar mm. was sort of the, the hinting of a of overtone of because uh, warris is saying he's gay so he was obviously you know trying to make eye contact with this guy and i think verity was a bit interested as well but then that didn't really go anywhere either um, and th- we don't find out anything about their lives outside of the BBC um, mm. within the drama unlike William Hartnell whose life home life we see quite a lot of um, so although ostensibly you know, it is about the three of them and the team um, that are making the show uh, Hartnell is the only one that we have any sense of of, uh,
0: of him at home outside of Doctor Who Maybe and that's
3: I- the DVD extras <laughs> <laughs> it
0: would be nice wouldn't it but no I, I think that was quite deliberate <laughs> I-, I think there was there was two focal points through this drama and one was how the show came about and that was essentially the relationship that we saw between Warris hussein verity lambert and sydney newman and then once the program was established and you you saw how successful it was and you referred to those recreated photo calls with new companions earlier on and i think that was one of the staples throughout of this you know you, you just you just kind of gave the audience a bit of reassurance that doctor who is had gained legs you know it gained momentum um and and then once that had been established it the focus switched to to william hartnell and and one of the most compelling scenes and it was actually quite difficult to watch it at times, and that also is a testament to how well the actors played it was where Hartnell was sacked, you know, and yeah. he's sitting in that office directly opposite. Now, I I don't know how much of that happened. None of us do. We don't even know if it was in an office when he was told. But, you know, the point was he was asked to leave. And then Gatis you could say this is taking dramatic licence shows him in tears in his house saying i, mm. I don't want to go you know? spookily preemptive tenant precisely, <laughs> precisely and i i'm not sure <laughs> how far you can push or pull should i say at the heartstrings because i, I that was clearly a dramatized moment you know an over dramatized mm. moment and uh, whilst it was great to watch, you do wonder whether or not they're trying just a little bit too too hard there.
2: Saying that, we, we, we had Jessica Carney in the panel afterwards, Hartnell's granddaughter, who features in the programme and has written his biography. And she clearly was very affected by the programme. In fact, she had to step outside before she could come on the panel, and it delayed the panel slightly because she was slightly overcome with emotion by what she saw. From what she was saying, she's clearly saw the truth of her grandfather in the portrayal that david bradley did so i mean there's obviously some dramatic license taken and that's what happens when you put anything like this on, on to tv but my feel was that it wasn't a million miles away from the truth but i think the essence of it That he grew to love the character, love the show, love what it was doing for him, and what he got out of it, and then had it taken away from him at great, you know, personal loss. I suspect that's actually fairly close to the truth.
0: Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I mean, we said right at the top of the show, it's a human drama. It's actually a very sad story for William Hartnell as well, because I mean, before he's cast as as the Doctor then you know you get to see how insecure he is and the acting profession is seen with with such glitz and you know it's 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 so attractive and so many people who are young want to go into the profession and yet it's probably one of the most insecure professions in existence and it's probably got the most insecure people in it <laughs> you know because <laughs> they never know where the next paycheck is coming from. They're always concerned about, you know, how they're perceived because their perception largely informs their ability to obtain more work and therefore another paycheck. And, you know, until you get to Hollywood status, you know, it's a very insecure life. And I think they showed how Hartnell dealt with that really, Mm. really effectively. And it was quite worrying because all, all you did, you saw him watching the television, drinking and smoking and being not very nice to his granddaughter. So, you know, you get to see right at the very beginning, really, of the journey uh, that he went on. But he was, he was already 55 when he got the role. Mm. So, you know, how, how much of a... A life had he had like that. I mean, he he'd been in the army game, which was essentially live television that went on for practically fifty-two weeks of the year. I mean, you you mentioned earlier, Laura, you you didn't really see very much of the actors' home life, the other actors' home life. I'm not sure they really had much of a home life. <laughs> this this no. was an all-consuming profession that you did day in day out if you had the opportunity until you died.
3: I think a lot of the Sort of sympathy and empathy you felt felt for William Hartnell in the film was a, a lot of that was down to David Bradley. Uh, we saw David Bradley in Broadchurch recently, mm. and when he was sad, you really felt it to your stomach that he was this sad this man who is really upset about something and you got that in here and it could be that william hartnell's real reaction based on the beginning of the film was that he was really really grumpy when he got kicked out of doctor who Hmm. and he might have cried a bit in private but you didn't see that whereas david bradley makes it a lot more accessible and i think you you wouldn't get that empathy if he played it differently
0: or or indeed if it was written differently as yeah. as, as as I mean y- you wouldn't have been able to make a drama about someone who nobody liked or yes. or, or cared about you know it it just wouldn't have worked mm. so you had to part, you had to at least show him in human light to a degree you know an, an empathetic light what, what did you think about the the little trick at the end with uh, with, with Matt Smith suddenly appearing the other side of the console?
3: Brilliant. <laughs>
0: it was lovely, yes. And, and it just played into the emotion of the whole
2: piece. And this really was an emotional piece, perhaps slightly surprisingly for something. I mean, us Doctor Who fans are famed for our lists and facts and figures and the spreadsheets of episodes and to, to have the, the this show, which is a celebration of its its founding, to be such an emotional piece, and that I think was just you know the cherry on on, on the top of that towards the end, mm. and you know I felt myself my heart soaring during the happy moments and and crashing during the sad moments. It really did carry you along, uh, and that I say that, that at the end there was just a really lovely coda to put on the on the end of it of seeing the future of what he started.
1: Well, it was this pinnacle anyway because you know. William Hartnell is facing up to the fact that this will be his last scene ever in this role that has redefined his life, that has turned him around and made him uh, a children's icon and given him this new popularity um, and David Bradley plays that superbly and you know there are tears in his eyes and he's, he's really f- sort of holding back the emotion in a very British way and then the next shot it cuts to, it's It's the 11th Doctor Hmm. um, and it's not clear within the context of the drama what he's seeing. Is he seeing Matt Smith playing the Doctor or is he seeing the Doctor? But that doesn't really matter because he's there and he sees 50 years in the future um, and that the show that he has laid the foundation stones of um, is still going strong, stronger than ever, uh, arguably. um, And, you know, he has created this thing that will run and run and run which is what he uh, he saw in the first place anyway and so and an already emotional uh, point of the the story just had this extra sort of sucker punch and you could hear sob. the extra <laughs> sob
0: yeah you, you could hear inhales of breath going around the theater at that point were they were they gasps of surprise or emotion because for me it was it was probably the former
1: well, you know, maybe you don't have a soul, James. <laughs> it's, it's been
0: said before. It's, it has been commented on, yes. <laughs> I, I, I'm perfectly capable of being moved by, you know, an emotional, powerful piece of drama, but I'm not sure. Delta and the Bannermen. <laughs> how, how
3: did you react to the Van Gogh episode?
0: Oh, Vincent and the Doctor again! Yeah. I, I I was in floods of tears. Absolutely, oh, good. yeah. <laughs> oh, we <didn't> good. good. <laughs> Whereas Ian was in floods of tears at this, and I, I I thought for starters there was some some noise coming through the speakers, but it wasn't. It was Ian having you know a snivel, <laughs> um, <Aww. laughs> which I thought was wonderful because let's, let's face it. I mean, like, some people are much more interested in the origins of Doctor Who, and they know a little bit more. And they've seen lots. I've I've seen every episode of early Doctor Who, and I've saw them ages ago. The ones that are available, at least. <laughs> (laughs) Currently, Um, (laughs) I I wasn't as moved by this. I mean, it does take quite a lot to move me, but I, I, I do, I do think that. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think they got it right clearly because there were so many people within the audience who are big fans of the show. There were people in there who are watching other actors portray their early careers, and and mm-hmm. Warren Hussein in particular, who I thought, I mean, the actor who played him was was absolutely electric. He was he was one of the one of the best things uh, about this. That was Sasha Darwin, I think. And you know, yes. he, he clearly cared whether he got his portrayal correct. Because every question he was asked on the panel afterwards by the audience, he checked the answer <laughs> with Warris.
3: Because it must have been quite weird, because people were asking him questions that really Warris should have been asked. And so he was sort of answering them based on what he'd talked about with Warris. But I'd have felt yeah. a bit awkward trying to quote somebody in front of them.
0: <laughs> well, uh, not only that, I mean, uh, imagine sitting in a theatre, watching someone else play you, you know, and, and that is <laughs> yeah. a weird old concept. And I think probably, Ian, that's why Jessica Carney has such a strange experience because, you, you know, watching watching someone play yourself is weird anyway. If they get it anywhere near accurate, it's got to be quite odd. <laughs> Frankly, you know, to to watch, but uh, but for me, yeah, I I don't think this is going to be the, the the pinnacle of the fiftieth anniversary. It's it's a wonderful piece of television. I will certainly go back and watch several several times, and uh, I, I'm sure I will pick out more and more bits and pieces. Um, I, I know there was a you know there, there was a party scene, wasn't there at um, Verity Lambert's leaving do, where I, I I know at least Jean Marsh was there because Mark Gatiss said, Ian, you noticed Annika Wills was there as well. Yeah. Um, yep. Were there loads of others as well, presumably?
2: Carol Ann Ford was in it somewhere, but I didn't spot
1: her. I'm not sure she where she was. She a was a shouting Cockney lady on the street saying, come back in, Tommy, or whatever Quite like early his on. name was. Ah. That programme you want to watch is on TV. Oh, that was her, was that
3: it? That was her, it? yeah. Oh, oh
0: right. honestly. Yeah, we should... See, I spotted that, but I didn't spot the car park attendant. <laughs> 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 we should have sat together and between us we'd have been okay. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but no, I, I think this piece is littered with moments like that that you probably won't pick up to start with and there's bound to be much more subtle things there as well
3: according to according to uh, the internet movie database Stephen moffat is credited as being tom baker (laughs) <laughs> Seriously,
2: yeah, but, 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 no, but, I but that's IMDb for you. Stephen Moffat probably put it in there. <laughs>
3: yeah, it? I don't remember there being like a Doctor Montage or anything. It was just no. Matt no. Smith.
0: No, wasn't no there it? wasn't. Well, yeah, it was. And yes. Smith as Patrick Travis. Yeah, which we which we yes. must talk about in a second. But uh, but I think uh, you, your your research material, Laura, is somewhat suspect. Uh, Wikipedia, <laughs> Wikipedia and IMDb, the two things that anyone can change, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Yes, anyone I'm, can uh... correct. True. I, I must add myself to that as well. Hang on. Just make a note. Good. Did you play Sylvester McCoy? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I, I just um, just wanted to mention um, or, or talk about uh, t- two things, really. Um, Rees Smith. you mentioned him a little uh, a little while ago. I would have said that was the only performance that fell flat for me. Yeah, I agree. Mm, just wasn't convincing (laughs) yeah Rishi Smith who was in League of Gentlemen
1: uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen whatever with uh, Mark Gatiss Um, and he came he only had about four or five lines um, and the focus was on Hartnell in terms of his feeling about handing over rather than on Troughton but yes it was a bit of a strange performance it didn't have a lot of depth and gravitas
0: mm. and that's that's exactly the way I felt too Uh, and he also looked far too young as far as I'm concerned yes I thought that he did look young I think To be honest,
2: I think he got the mannerisms not far off, actually. But Pat Troughton is such a unique character and one we're we're all so familiar with that is a little bit like the Uncanny Valley. If you get close but not close enough, it's horrible. And I think he, he did actually get the mannerisms Reasonably well, but he's not Pat Trouton, so it's just not right.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it probably didn't help after completely buying into David Bradley's performance 100%. Then you get this young looking Patrick Troughton who is very bouncy. Um, it, it, it was so obvious that it was a wig that he was wearing as well. And, yeah. and, and like you say, Tony, it, it, there was no depth to it. There was no uh i it was just no gravitas i hate using that word but it it just seemed a little bit of a flippant way to to end. and it was a bit of a shame bit of a shame but that that was the only real negative point i can really pick up on this entire Entire program. I, I quite like the way that they 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 conveyed the passage of time as well. I mean, the program had to be timey wimey. It was shown partially by flashback and so on. But of course, you got <laughs> you got the Tardis there, so they had that as the what was it now? Was it the Datometer or something? Yearometer. The yearometer. There you go. I mean. Was that a little bit too obvious?
2: Well, yes, but so what? You've got it as as Mark Gattis said, if you want to do timey-wimey stuff, you have a time machine, of course you're going to use it. Yeah, (laughs)
1: So much on recreating that console that, you know, they want to get it in as many shots as possible, probably. Yeah,
0: well, I'm sincerely hoping it's going to turn up on our screens in just a few days' time in Day of the Doctor as well. So uh, in, in some way, and hopefully, hopefully David Bradley will as well. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm certain there's going to be a, a, a couple of surprises. And, you know, you're not going to have two totally separate productions. You you, get to, you spend all that time and money recreating Sixties Who? You got to use that TARDIS. You, you hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, they'll use some of the early Daleks as well in some way, shape, or forms because they they clearly rebuilds a couple of those.
1: Do you want to see David Bradley playing Richard Herndall playing <laughs> William Hartnell
0: playing the first? Doctor? Uh Yeah. Well, why not? <laughs> and Rhys
2: Shearsmith come in as well and do pack some more.
0: Well, that yeah, that's, that's something that um, we talked about. I think when the casting was announced, and uh, I who who knows? You never know. There are going to be some things about Day of the Doctor that's going to be a, a surprise to us because there's there's very very little that's uh, that's known about that particular story
1: maybe that's the behind the scenes drama for the 60th anniversary is the making of the five doctors
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i'd like to see that would be quite fun i have to say so but uh, but on the whole i think it's a fairly fairly unanimous thumbs up from us here isn't mm. it last question do, do, do you think perhaps in i don't know a, another 25 years that someone could go back and make a similar documentary about the show coming back in 2005
3: that and the the whatever the scandal is around Christopher Eccleston leaving.
0: <laughs>
1: Can I yeah. ask what everybody thought of the clip of the real William Hartnell that was used right at the end of the episode oh, yeah. as the camera panned down onto an old monitor? Dalek invasion of Earth, wasn't that? Yes, and, and what your reactions were, uh, what you thought about that when that uh, came right at the end of the story?
2: I thought it was a beautiful way to just walk out in it. That we, we've spent the last 90-odd minutes talking about this man and having a portrayal of this man and talking about his life and what it meant to him and I thought it was just fitting and right to actually allow him to have the last word on the story as we walked out to the credits I thought it was perfect
0: yeah I I think it was appropriate um it didn't Send tears running down my face, uh, but uh, but it, I, I thought it was appropriate, and uh, I'm right in saying, am I not, that that was used as a pre-credit sequence of the Five Doctors as well? Or yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. So it's the second yep. time we've seen it used as a sample, which sadly was mm. the first thing that came to my mind, not, oh, how fitting and wonderful it is, but I'm already using that <laughs> clip again, but uh, Yeah. Yeah, it was it yes. was good. I would had the same feeling that it's a shame that there isn't an
1: endless trove of moving speeches and soliloquies by William Hartnell <laughs> that we can just dip into and, and litter these things with, um, that it was the same clip that we've seen before. Um, and it was a little jarring having got used to seeing David Bradley's face yes. as as Hartnell to suddenly go back to what I knew all along he really looked like. Um, yeah. Because there are dissimilarities, you know, Um they're very different faces in some ways although Bradley does an excellent job of getting some of the mannerisms and things um I'm glad he was there in a real you know a real He's life he was really clip. there <laughs> he was really there if you see what I mean on a monitor being filmed by another camera but he was really there in that sense and I it did just remind me of you know what would he really think if he was still around um, ah. to see all this today how would he
0: really react um, what would his thoughts be mm, yeah no would certainly be something to uh To know, I think. I think everyone keeps saying that he would be utterly, utterly bemused by the amount of attention, but I think everyone has said that he would love it as well. You know, he'd be absolutely bowled over that it's lasted so long. He wouldn't be out of work either. No, no. <laughs> not Big at all. Big finish at not <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, thank you very much indeed, Laura and Tony, for your, uh, your, your first visit to the camper van rather than us sending you out on, on travels to interview people. I um, hope you enjoyed yeah. it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been, been lots of fun talking to a different group of campervan companions. Yes, it's, it is quite nice in here. I'm starting to get a bit comfy. <laughs> Point of order, to qualify as a campervan
2: companion, they have to be in two podcasts and travel in the campervan.
3: Tony and I stole the campervan didn't we? we? We took it to Big Finish yeah, true. <laughs> so I've been in it twice and ridden in it. So
0: Okay, uh, you, you, you have more nerds points then. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yes, listeners, we'll be back in just a few short days and we'll be recording our instant reaction to Day of the Doctor. We're all going to be watching it at various places. Actually, three of us are going to be watching it together. That'll be Laura, Tony, myself, and Michelle will be joining us. And we'll be heading back up to the XL afterwards, and we're going to meet up with Stephen, and we'll record our live review of Day of the Doctor. Shortly after that, you'll have the other side of the campervan crew. Tom and Leeson will be having their, say, so the next couple of weeks, it's it's going to be Day of the Doctor. There's going to be a lot of discussion on Day of the Doctor. It better be good. That's all I'm saying. It better be good, Mr. Moffat, or we'll be on our way round. But anyway, <laughs> Laura, Tony, Ian, thank you very much indeed for joining me. And we'll be back in just a few short days, listeners. Bye for now. Bye. Cheerio. Bye. Bye.
1: You've taken adventure back in time with the Doctor Who podcast, hosted by James, Ian, Tony and Laura. You can find more episodes of the show at thedoctorwhopodcast.com or check us out on Twitter, Facebook or drop by the Doctor Who podcast forums. In fact, no, don't drop by the Doctor Who podcast forums. Drop by Facebook. It's much more fun. Thanks for listening. See you later.